You are listening to The Path Podcast on Mountain Bike Radio. Welcome to another episode of The Path Podcast. Uh, I am joined, as usual, with Ock and Tani. Good evening. And a good evening to you fellows. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a cool location tonight. We uh, went for a cool local mountain bike ride, and we are uh, recording tonight from uh, Tawny's living room. My den. Your den. <laughs> so nice. We ate some soup, went for a sweet ride. Had some after-ride snacks, like some avocados with some uh, um, uh, preserved herring. Well, you guys had that the was, herring. That was <laughs> canned, smoked, line-caught. Man, that was very Herring. good. It was very good with some goat cheese. The chivre. The chivre goat cheese. It's got a high fat content. Excellent. <laughs> it was good. Uh, so, yeah, we had a good uh, good little Saturday afternoon here. We've still got the glow. Yep, yep definitely. I'm still feeling it. Um, so, Ox going to fill you in on uh, some good shop news coming up. All right. Hey, we wanted to give a huge welcome to a new high school race team that recently joined um, the Path Bike Shop, San Clemente High School. Uh, hey, welcome welcome to join a couple other high schools that are sponsored by the Path Bike Shop, Tustin High School and Foothill High School. So the high school race scene is fantastic. Um, you know, a lot of, lot of high schoolers, very high level of competition uh, at those races. So welcome San Clemente High School. Uh, and thanks for Tustin High Schools and Foothill High Schools continued support of the Path Bike Shop. And thank you very much to the Path Bike Shop for sponsoring those those race teams. And thank you to NICA for really building the cycling community up and, and being a part of bringing people into the sport and elevating the level of, of riders in, in our area. That That's the truth. That's the truth. There's a lot of high school riders out there that are <laughs> – Shredding, and it's a great breeding ground for after-school help at the shop too. We've had some of our best, best young after-school help comes out of the out of the high school league. That is that that's very true. Yeah, that's an awesome thing. I I really really wish they had um, mountain bike racing when I was in high school. I would have gladly participated heavily. So is is that is the podcast uh, the youth movement still still out there uh, through mountain bike radio? As far as I know, yeah, I think so. I just think they're not super frequent. Yeah, so but I don't know. You can check check out uh, Mountain Bike Radio. Uh, it's the same kind of podcast aggregator that that this show is on. And look for the youth movement. It's a little bit more focused on youth uh, oriented racing. So you can find out uh, a little bit more about that scene through that podcast. And if you are a Nike racer, and if this podcast comes out soon enough for you to hear this, we are having a Nike team night. From I think four to seven on the fifteenth. Okay, fantastic. So March fifteenth, and that's at the Tustin Bike Shop. Yes, and that may you know that may be really short notice, or even you may hear this podcast after that date. But just in case, just in case, uh, March fifteenth, if you're a Nike racer. So <clears throat> other things on uh, the the shop news. Hey, March nineteenth and twentieth. That's so that's not this weekend, or that's not today but it's next weekend. Um, next Saturday and Sunday is our annual, or maybe not uh, annual, but it's our spring cleaning sale. This is annual, and it's the biggest sale of the year. This is the big one. Yeah, so it's more than just a sale. It's a barbecue. It's a come out and see old friends. But 
as far as sales go, it is huge. Pretty much everything in the shop is going to be on sale. You're going to see 2014 bikes at pretty much prices never before seen. And 15s. Yep, 2014 and 15. And we're going to really break the seal on some 2016s that you know go go where we have not gone before on, on some select 2016 models. Man, that sounds exciting. I'm I'm definitely going to cruise by. So um, that's, again, Saturday, March 19th and 20th. It's the PATH spring cleaning sale. Our regulars know this is a great time to come stock up on tires, helmets, shoes, gloves. Those The soft goods categories and the rubber categories have huge, huge store-wide discounts. Man, that's fantastic. And these, these are things everyone likes to come stock up on at our sale. And, you know, it really is, again, one of the things that we talk about the, the PATH is it's – it is a it really is a community community thing uh within the within the mountain biking community and um so this is just another another opportunity it's an all day event all weekend event uh the barbecue is going to be going a lot of people will be just kind of hanging out come by say hello we guarantee more hugs per person at our sale <laughs> <laughs> shoot man you might even see maxwell around wow <laughs> We ought to have Maxwell on the show someday. <laughs> he is truly, he will truly be a special guest. He brings light to my life. <laughs> I think all of ours. So, um, so okay, so that's pretty much it for shop news. Um, man, I... Shop- well, one more thing, a couple, actually, you know, I want to announce to some people who have been asking, we're getting high-tower demo bikes coming oh, in. Right. Um the first, I think the extra large is showing up next week, and the rest of them should be in by the end of the month. Are we going to have a full run of sizes on those? Yeah, and I think some plus size too. Oh man, Ooh, yeah. Well, that's going to be the, super fast. A lot of people are going to have that Through question, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For racing or just riding? <laughs> yeah, Ra- racing through the sand. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, a lot of people are gonna have that question, right? Do I get the high tower with the twenty nine or the twenty seven five plus? So I had an interesting uh, conversation last night. Um, Josh Jaco, he's uh, he was on the show as a, a special guest. Uh, he's he's moving out of the area, and so we're really sad to see. He's a pretty integral part of the the path. Um, race team. He was one of the, the founding members. Uh, I am very sad that he and his family are going to be moving out onto uh, bigger and better things, I think, for them. But uh, uh, at his little farewell uh, party, I was talking to Drew Lazenby, and he's kind of a 29er type of guy. He, We were talking about the, the high tower. Can you run the same fork? Well, Santa Cruz wants you to run a one- It'll be more balanced if you have a 150 fork with the 27 and a half plus and a 140 fork with the 29. I have a suspicion that a, I'm sorry. A, yeah. I have a suspicion that 150 would be great for both wheel mm-hmm. sizes. Yeah. And of, of course, you can do the air shaft assembly swap, fairly inexpensive, you know, $45 part at tops. And if you have us do it, it's about $60 labor and it, and it covers your 50 to 100 hour maintenance interval service that you should be doing anyways. Yeah. And circling back a little bit on shop news and, um, and maintenance, um, we could use a tech in the Tustin store. Yes. So we're looking for a full-time tech health insurance, um, professional person who wants to be a bike mechanic, 
lots of experiences preferred, especially if it's good experience um, or if you are a good learner and knowledgeable and willing to start lower on the tech scale, maybe that could be you as well. Okay, fantastic. So how, how would we get in touch? Um, maybe send a resume to – Send a resume the- to Tani at thepathbikeshop.com. Great. T-A-N-I at thepathbikeshop.com. So if you've got some good experience and you're looking for um, full-time work as a, as a tech. Or if you want to start as a bike builder and learn the ropes. Send us um, your resume and uh, information to tawny at thepathbikeshop.com. I got one more thing on shop news. This is a good time of the year to sign up to be on our team. So if you are interested in being on our team, you can send a resume. Um, we will offer you one of the three levels that we offer. And uh, you can send the resume to sales at thepathbikeshop.com, a race resume. And it doesn't have to be a lot. We just want to see some of your race history and some of your race goals and what your race plans are for 2016. If I wanted to talk to someone at the at the shop about this, would Megan maybe be a good person to contact? Definitely. Megan is our is our um, staff race team manager, and Lou is our volunteer race team manager, and together they run the race team. So if you give the shop a call um, and ask for Megan, uh, she can kind of help you out from a um, with with questions and and more information on the different levels of the of the race team. And she's she's a great person to work with, and she's a ripping racer and rider. Man, I was looking at her. I was. Checking out her Strava times on some local trails. She is ripping. She could come ride with us and, and, and she'd have a good time and, and we wouldn't be you know, feeling like we were babysitting. A 123 PR on a, a minute 23 seconds down Hawk has her personal record. That sounds fast. I, I haven't done that in a few, in, in a few months. It's, that is definitely pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So good, good stuff on the shop news. Um, Moving on to some of our topics, what do we have on tap, Nathan? Um, well, uh, what do you guys want to get started on? We talked a little bit about sharing kind of what we pack on rides, and we also might talk a little bit about the riding versus racing phenomenon. Which one do you guys feel like starting out on? Let's get into our packs. This is going to be Okay, before horrifying. we get into that, i got to tell the story. Oh, wait. Yep. <laughs> okay. Rock's got to fill you in on the turkey story. What I should have packed on my ride yesterday was maybe a... a Shotgun. Shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> or my welding gloves, because when we pulled... I, we went, we drove out to a local trailhead called Holy Jim, and uh, Jaron, one of the shop guys, and I were going to pedal up a trail called Tribuco and then descend a trail called Jaeger. Jaeger Mesa Trail. So it's about an hour long uh, climb. And then it's the descent is mm, maybe half an hour down some amazing single track. And there's some technical. There had sections. to be some coffee dirt there too. It's a, co- oh, it's a coffee dirt kind of trail. It is a coffee dirt trail. And it is. And there's three, some steep sections and there's some swoopy sections and there's some really great kind of. There's that great traverse across that meadow that's really kind of scenic, and at the same time, like you just feel like you're in a bike video. Like, where's the helicopter? Yeah, yep. Where's the drone or where's the helicopter to follow you along? Yeah, and you've looked across the trail from the holy. If you've ever ridden Holy Jim, you you've looked across the canyon and looked at that mesa and wondered about it. 
And it really is one of those things. It could be something out of a, um, a mountain bike video. Um, that is, it has epic views, a uh, half hour, probably half hour, good half hour of downhill. Um, the coffee dirt, especially at a time like this in Southern California, where we've had some good rains with a few days to dry out, um, just enough to like maybe get, a half hour from the top, from from yeah. the part that includes the Bell Ridge section. Right, right. So um, it's an amazing ride. Uh, all said, is you know uh, a couple hours of moving time, uh, and or just under a couple hours of moving time, uh, three to four hours of total time. But anyways, we we drive up here um, to the to the parking lot. Some and, dinosaurs attacked Eric. Man. And Jared. <laughs> It was they these it, it was a single tom turkey and his harem. One. He was protecting his harem. I think he was protecting his harem or whatever it's called because they were. I think they were hiding because it was just him. As we pull up, we see this turkey, and Jaron says, "I've I've heard of that guy." And literally every time we try to get out of the the car, either side, he would run around and start attacking us at the door. He would come at the door as it was opening. So you guys were failing to get out of the car. Literally failing to get out of the car. (laughs) And so two grown men being held hostage by a a turkey. Uh, This guy, it wasn't just a, a little turkey. This thing was literally, it probably would feed 20 people. Oh wow! It, it was like a, it was probably a solid twenty-five pound turkey, and there's no butterball about this guy. <laughs> <laughs> all muscle, all muscle, right? So all muscle with he must have had this. I think they call it the waddle, that thing that hangs from his chin, and then he had one growing off of his forehead, bright red that covered his covered his eyes and covered his his beak, and about a foot long, bright red. And when he got pissed, he would like flip it away and reveal this like <laughs> he'd be like gobble 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 gobble, and he'd flip it. I'm flipping my head. Yeah, Refu- Ox doing this kind of valley girl <laughs> flip gobble, right gobble, now. Gobble gobble, yeah. and it would reveal this. It's, this is going to be like six inches pretty soon, but it was like a three inch long beak. And the guy would run at us. So eventually, what happens is, so he's I, pecking at you guys. He's kind of pecking at us. Kind of pecking. <laughs> yeah. So you know. I think, yeah, I, I say this. I think he wanted he wanted sushi, and he was coming after the Japanese in the car, you know. And but <laughs> I happen to be of Japanese uh, uh, ethnic ethnicity. So, anyways, I've never heard that particular ethnic slur of referring to a Japanese national as sushi. I love to learn a new ethnic slur, though. Thank you, Eric. So he was coming at me on my side. Jared manages to get out of the truck on his side, jump into the truck bed. And distract him he, he enough so that I could get out of my side and jump into the truck bed. You you have to dis- describe his distracting techniques. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, we eventually are standing in the bed trying to figure out. And the turkey is standing, like, gobbling at us. <laughs> trying to figure out how to jump. Menacingly. Menacingly. How to jump up into the bed with us. So... <laughs> Eventually, he comes over to my side of the truck. Jaron hops down, grabs his bike, and manages to distract the turkey to follow him. So there Jaron is with his bike between him and the turkey. And the turkey is charging him, like, at the bike. <laughs> oh, trying to sneak between the wheels. Trying to sneak between the wheels to the point. 
to the even to the extent where the turkey was Jaron would put his foot between the wheel and the frame, kind of the down tube. Uh-huh. And the turkey was pecking at his foot, like, come on, <laughs> come on, come on. You know, it was pretty aggressive. So Jaron managed to get him away. I managed to hop on my bike. So we go on our ride. Amazing ride, like just brownie dirt, coffee dirt. Uh, great ride. We come down, uh, we're finishing up the ride, and the turkey is still there. This is probably three uh, three hours later because we stopped and we hung out different places. Turkey is still there. As we roll up, a friend of ours pull, was pulled up in a in a pickup truck, watching Jaron and I do battle with this turkey after our ride. And so the turkey is now. We just want to sit there on you know on my tailgate and drink drink a beer before we head home. The turkey is literally doing battle with us. Jaron gets the idea of chasing the turkey with his bike. So running with his bike at the turkey. And that, I think, was menacing enough to get the turkey to kind of back down. Jaron's now the alpha turkey. Jaron is the alpha turkey. <laughs> he and I managed to chase the turkey under Maxwell's truck. And the turkey is going, it was making this combination gobble-gobble hissing sound. It was like, gobble-gobble. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was, but you know what? So after that, literally... We were able to sit on the tailgate of our truck with our beers for about half hour, and the turkey was totally chill with us. <laughs> it was kind of walk by, would look at us. It was kind of like, couple, couple, walk by. You guys overcame some real adversity. <laughs> it was amazing. Amazing. This, this Tom Turkey, he might be our friend now. Can you imagine if there was dinosaurs acting like that? <laughs> I mean, that's just a little dinosaur, right? It, it, With feathers on it. Maybe the dinosaurs didn't have feathers. We don't know. But, like, I don't know. Some people might know. Man, yeah, I agree. And this, I've never looked at a turkey this long, a live turkey this long, that close. But this thing, its head was actually, after a while, was kind of, like, beautiful. Mm, you're I'm, making me hungry. <laughs> the wattle was like the brightest red. It was like the reddest crayon. You I could, think that's you how you know it's a really tasty turkey. <laughs> the wattle. <laughs> the brighter the red. Yeah, you can say it. I mean, even more amazing was the the head, like the, the bald head, was like different shades of bright blue. So how do you think this impacted your riding over the next couple of days? <laughs> and how would you suggest that riders deal with turkeys if they encounter a turkey? Um, well, so it was kind of, you know, we... Established dominance. Established dominance. Don't, you know... Just tell it you're going to eat it for dinner right now. Yeah. That's what I would have done. <laughs> we didn't even actually have to, like, strike it or anything. So no harm was done to turkey. Well, thank goodness. You know, it was um, gently gently pushed a little bit once in a while, but never, like... Oh, so you touched it. That's assault. <laughs> yeah, exactly. California turkey you assault. You touch it, it's assault. All right, we got to get back to bikes. <laughs> All right, so anyways. I love turkey. <laughs> So what do you pack, what do you put in your packs besides a shotgun to take turkey care of the turkey? Turkey sandwich. <laughs> Just to remind the turkeys who's boss. So on a ride like that, okay. So say so. To to me, there's really three pack sizes. There's the like little hip sack pack size. There's the kind of like smallish camelback pack size, like I brought today, or mm-hmm. or you know hydration pack. Mm-hmm. 
And then there's the serious all-day pack. Which yeah. I brought today, actually. I noticed. Yeah. It was fancy. It's We've talked about it on the air before. Yeah, the Acre Supply. Such, See, a, such a nice pack. And I brought the fanny pack. So nice, we had the whole oh, was that, nice pack. Was that an Acre Supply fanny pack? No, no, oh, no. Oh, no. You brought a fanny pack, yeah. No, I have my old... Um, uh, so let's start with fanny pack, because that's easy. And yeah. then we can talk about what else we put in other packs. And fanny yeah. pack is kind of, like, as far as mountain bikes, is a relatively newer um, trend. Yep. Yes. That's for sure. So maybe Older in super motor. enduro, though. Super enduro. Because it came out of moto enduro. It did. So it's been around for a long time in moto, right? And, you, you know, it's one of those things like oval chain rings. It used to be cool. Then it really, really wasn't. <laughs> and then it is again. Yep. So um, in the very small hydration pack or the cam- or the hip sack, the, the kind of minimalist, what are you carrying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got Quick Link. Yep. I've got... I like to carry some tire plugs. Oh, yes. yeah. That's, yeah. That's probably yeah. a good They're call. small. They don't take up any room. I don't carry them in the packaging. Jake a, Nelson calls them turds. Uh, um, <laughs> a tube. Yep. A couple CO2s, CO2 pump and a hand pump. I do I do all that. Yep. yep. CO2 and a hand um, pump. I do that. A tool. A multi-tool. Yeah. A couple tire levers, a patch kit. Uh, any band-aids or anything like that? First aid at all? No, no. Oh, I I go I go a little a little trimmer when I run a run a fanny pack on a short ride and and you know this got brought up to me recently. It's like, hey, don't bike jerseys have pockets? It's like, well, yeah, but when you're trail riding, like typically for me, the pocket the pocketed jersey only comes out in a cross country or cross country race or road environment. So it's a very fashion sensitive question. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so. If I am using a fanny pack, though, I go a little slimmer. I go a tube, a CO2, a tool without a chain breaker, so a really simple tool, and a tire lever, and then that's it. No chain breaker on the tool. No, no, not on a not on for me, not on a fanny pack ride. So I keep it super, super minimal. Wow. I mean, do you really feel you're gaining enough to like the gain? The gains there are so minimal. No, I agree, <laughs> and it's definitely it, it's definitely not weight. Uh, it's I mean, not my a panic such a weight weenie. <laughs> yeah. Who are um, you? <laughs> I should add a few more things into the fanny pack, but most of the time it's um, just really minimal stuff. Uh, just and the only thing I've ever actually really had to use out of my fanny pack on short rides is is the fat the flat kit. But the cool thing about it is I can change a plat, flat really fast with that because I can just spin the fanny pack around and start That's working out of it out right of in it. front of me. Yeah, um, don't have to take the pack off or anything like that. So, um, but yeah, that's what I carry. Well, what's going to happen is you're going to get to the ride. You're going to feel like a boss because you've got that super cool fanny pack. <laughs> and you're going to ride smoother, and you're not going to get a flat. That's uh, true. The, I w- I wish that was true. <laughs> I wish that was true. Well, and that is Nathan's fanny pack comes out of Moto, and it is one of the cooler fanny packs. It I've came seen from around. Moto, like the hitchhiker came from Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> <movie> the hitcher. <laughs> Yeah, my 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 fanny pack. I think I run similar, um, but my chain, my tool that I carry, multi tool, definitely has a chain breaker. So some other stuff that we carry in some of our bigger packs. I carry tweezers, um, a tire boot. Okay, so your medium size, medium size. I'm just going to start listing stuff that might be in my pack. Sometimes. All right. Pickle juice. Pickle juice. Yep. A hard boiled egg. <laughs> yeah, the hard boiled egg. I pick up um, on that one. A space blanket. Do you pre salt the hard boiled egg in the plastic bag? Yes. Yeah, see, that's, that's very good. Or in the paper bag. 
Ooh, paper space bag. blanket. Um, perhaps some, perhaps a can of smoked <laughs> sardines <laughs> in olive oil <laughs> and a mustard packet. See, I think we're getting into the realm of like big ride, right? This is yeah. a pretty big ride that you're going to go That's probably over, over two or three hours. Like a Harding to Joplin type of ride. Like a ride where you're going to have to eat maybe maybe some peanuts or some macadamia yeah, nuts. Yeah, yeah, Like the real food aspect, I really I really appreciate on a longer ride. So my real food can is oftentimes like a peanut butter and banana sandwich or sometimes a spam musubi. Like the, it's mm, like a... Delicious. Like a... It's like su- it's a sushi roll with rice, seaweed, and spam. Yeah, and some sesame oil, and some sesame seeds, yeah. and some special salt, teriyaki, teriyaki salty sauce, spicing, maybe yeah. some MSG. Yep, <laughs> sprinkle that MSG on there. Man, Give in the me. middle of a ride, it's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, long rides are picnics. They really are. They can be. That's really for sure. Are. When I pull that, maybe a maybe a beer. <laughs> oh yeah. When I pull the spam musubi out of out of out of my pack. I do get looks of like envious looks of other guys who are pulling out the, yeah, you know, the gel blocks. And the- so I also do. I, I get back to back to him, like the stuff that could really help. I do carry some some waterproof medical tape. Um, sometimes some gorilla tape wrapped around maybe one of my tire levers, maybe enough to yep. retape a rim. Uh, that's um, a good point. Yeah, I I use a yeah tape wrapped around my mini pump, and I've had to re retape rims before. And you can use it for a tourniquet. Or all kinds of stuff. Luckily, I haven't had to do that. But yes, <laughs> one could. Um, that's true. So after after a, a push a Kona ride, it's an annual ride that Darren Maxwell has put on um, in Southern California for a while. I'm not sure I should say that publicly. But anyways, um, uh, on one of these rides, um, one of our good friends, man, went down really hard. Um, like just face-planted. And, um, when I came, pulled up on him, I had some minimal first aid, um, kit type of stuff. But after that ride, I kind of went through and said, all right, what are some key first aid like provisions that I can bring on, on a, on a bigger ride? Obviously it doesn't fit in the fanny pack, but on either the medium size or a larger, larger pack, you can fit some pretty key first aid provisions in a very small space. Yeah. So things like I, I've I have this almost it's like a self stick ace bandage. Um, yeah. This little stretchy ace bandage type of stuff. You can pack a decent amount of that stuff in a small space. A um, little bit of gauze, a little bit of that betadine um, swabs. A few of those you can get them on Amazon. That's an antiseptic. It's an antiseptic, um, and either a couple of gauze, you know. Patches a uh, swaths of gauze. This is why we ride with Ock. <laughs> <laughs> and um, actually, just some band aids, some big band aids. Yeah, that that was one thing I was going to bring up. When for me, when I pack big, uh, you know, a big pack, and um, for first aid, I try to think of what am I really going to stop and fix. So, right. like a little band aid, no, not so much. <laughs> like if I scratch my arm or something that can be fixed with a small, you know, maybe two inch long band aid or some hardening up. Yeah, like HTFU, right? <laughs> but so the things that I tend to pack are like, oh, this is bad. And right. so big like gauze pads, yep. tape. Yep. Um, one of the things I've carried before are, um, they're called like knee pore pads 
or med med pore pads or med something pads. and they're like stick on uh, yeah, gauze yeah, yeah. pads right. self-sticking right. gauze pads right. so it's but they're big they're like you know probably three by five yeah, exactly. inches and you can cut them down so i try to focus on like not the band-aid things yeah. but the bit you know yeah if you're gonna bring a band-aid don't bring a one-inch band-aid go buy those like they're like literally two-inch band-aids yeah so, exactly so or otherwise bring gauze the gauze the betadine some ointment and something to wrap around an arm or something that do we mention patch it. kit oh yeah I, oh, yeah as the ride gets bigger the number of tubes will get bigger sometimes i'll keep one tube in my pack strap one to the frame mm, but yeah right. the when all goes to hell if you have a patch kit with a bunch of patches and a pump you can keep going if like I said, if all goes to hell, and it's I've been on a ride or two where it's it's come to that, not in modern tubeless times, but um, it definitely can happen. So uh, it's nice to have a, a and I try to get the glueless patches because uh, it seems to be a little easier to deal with. It's been a long time since I've had to patch a tube. But. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know the other I would I just ran into uh, another local fast guy, Garrett Slingerland. Who went on a a Santa Ana ride down Pinos, uh, this Pinos trail? It's long and rocky and sharp, real ledgy, uh, and he got four flats descending With Pinos. Uh, started, I think he started, started tubeless. tubeless. Yeah, and so that's the other thing too is when it comes to tubes and kind of going along with what we were talking about medical supplies, and I actually need to start buying some of these. Is get you know, like all mountain heavy duty. Some of the brands yeah. make heavier duty tubes. So think about it. Like if you're on a ride, you actually need to finish the ride on a tube. Maybe a heavy duty tube is nice to have. If I it's have not to say, I put ride. the lightest tube I can find in my pack. Okay, that, so that, that's but then again, but I'm might... trying to keep up with people on climbs that I, you know, <laughs> yeah, to cover my weak cardio. But with that. <laughs> <laughs> would that change so like in my fanny pack i also don't get a lot of flats right i don't get yeah. a lot of pinch flats i don't get a lot of tubeless flats um i've been known when i do get flats i've been known to do things like mix water in with my sealant to set it back up tubeless yeah that, oh, that's nice. awesome but so it might change and use a cactus thorn as a tire plug <laughs> <laughs> it might change no from from pack to pack so like maybe yeah. in your fanny pack you carry the ultralight weight but maybe on a longer ride where you might be for me out. i'm always going to carry an ultralight tube like i'm not even using i'm not even using it to ride there's no way i'm going to carry more weight than i need to for that that that's a backup plan yeah definitely i'm thinking that's my more of that's a... my personal thought process a lot of people carry ibuprofen yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like we're missing some really key stuff here. Well, I think there's the the critical it's not ones. Bad to have a lighter or a knife. Uh, yeah, spare link, right? Le- I a think Leatherman. You that. I've pulled out a Leatherman, and uh, the one thing that I like to have if I'm going to pack, say, a Leatherman, is I like to have a file. Those Leathermans are pretty file. heavy. This is true. Yeah, that's true. They do make some. I'm a big fan of a light pack. Okay. For the longer rides, though, I, I actually, even if it's even if it's you know pretty well, pretty well supplied. Yeah. That being said, though, I I will say one of the tools that I've pulled out a good number of times over the years is a Leatherman, and I've pulled out well the those file. needle nose are priceless in a file and all that stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of great stuff on there. Yeah, but that metal file I've been able to fix really, really 
messed up metal parts before I've even had to cut down cable housing that's gone bad I've where I was that, able yeah. to just file through just it. remachine that with your file <laughs> yeah, exactly. well a lot of those a lot of those leather men on that needle nose plier at the very base of them will have wire cutters wire cutters yeah oh that's the other thing sorry speaking of wire cutters um I always keep a spare shifter cable oh Solid. that's a good one yeah derailleur hanger can be a good one derailleur hanger for your bike a lot uh, of times, rather than put that in the pack, I zip tie it to the saddle rails of the bike in case you have more than one bike. Yeah, That's a definitely. great idea. Yep. Okay, so here's one. Um, shout out to Jake Nelson. I started carrying um, a cleat, a spare cleat bolt. I carry that too, yep. <laughs> That's a low, a low weight and space investment and a high payoff if you need it. Oh, my yep. gosh. And it can also be used in a pinch, I believe, as a rotor bolt. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's very true. Might be, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's the same thread pitch. So you could you could, you could, could take this to the other extreme, Darren Maxwell, uh, <laughs> and end up with an 18-pound, 18, 18 to 20-pound. Oh, I think it's more like 30. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's got two road bikes in his pack. <laughs> I think he has a small person. <laughs> it's a me- yeah. it's a, it's a little, mechanic. It's a mini mechanic it's that jumps mini- out and it fixes his bike. <laughs> but now the the rumor I ha- I heard is that he had seat collars oh, of yeah. sizes that did not fit his bike in his pack. Yeah, and someone actually needed Shoot, man. One. I mean, you know, wow. for his friends. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you this: He's so a giver. yeah, he is very much so. I, I love riding with Maxwell and and, and his pack. <laughs> It's like a it's like another person on the ride. Too bad that guy doesn't drink, he'd bring a keg. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you guys think about people who like purposely go on rides with with no no fanny pack or no repair kit or anything because they know their friends are gonna bring it? Ooh. I admit it, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh I can't say that I've ridden with a lot of people who i would say deliberately have done that water bottle in the pocket arrowhead arrowhead water bottle in the pocket (laughs) yeah the the dickies pocket yeah the the one thing i would i would say though i've noticed that i've actually seen that more in motorcycle riding in trail motorcycle riding before because a lot of um trail riders know how to pack for trail riding you'll have a pack and a fanny pack and like moto you carry quite a few tools and stuff and it gets it can get really heavy right um but they'll invite their motocross buddies and their motocross buddies are used to carrying nothing oh right and i've seen that before where there's like two trail riders and three motocross guys and motocross guys have nothing no water no nothing and uh, I've I've seen that go bad before. So I've seen I've noticed it there before, not as much in in mountain biking. Um, definitely, the- there's been the case when I mean you've forgotten a tube, or even I, I had a flat a week ago and I forgot to put a tire lever in my pack and right. I had to borrow a tire lever. But I had the tube. But I mean that that forgetting or you know I've been in a situation where I I just happened to find two CO two cartridges in my pack mm-hmm. and both of them are used. Uh oh. <laughs> so so that type of thing happens, right? Yeah. But yeah. people who I send myself an email when I get a flat replace CO two <laughs> cartridge. That's very good. But what about someone who deliberately does not bring their stuff? I I would say uh <laughs> how do you tactfully handle that on the trail? Are they gonna be... like give me a massage later or like cook me dinner? Like cause I think about it, 
Because a lot of times I ride to the trailhead. Yeah. So I'll ride to the trailhead, and if I've, I was kind of thinking, it hasn't happened, but what if I give up my ultralight tube or whatever, and I get a flat, and I'm five miles from home, you know, yeah. six miles from home? It. I think it depends on the ride and the situation. I've seen... Someone uh, else would come by with a tube. Yeah. <laughs> You'd lay down some six-minute miles or something. Something had happened. Yeah. You, you could text us, and we'd send, send the path drone out. Coming Just soon. kidding. There is officially no path drone. If come, you see a path drone, you didn't see it. It wasn't us. Coming soon, the path drone. Text us your, your GPS location, and we'll drop you a tube, a CO2, and a tire lever. And shoot down the Amazon drone that's trying to beat us there. Yeah. 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 There we go. Oh, oh man. man. So um, Yeah, I think, you know what? I, I think it depends on, um, on uh, who this person is. If you know how they join the ride, and if you feel like it's your duty to, is it my kid? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Remember, Max used to come on oh rides, and, and Joel was his "quote unquote" Sherpa. Oh, that's right. Max, yeah. Um, you know, I guess there's no way to learn without feeling the pain. Maybe you gotta leave. Him. Maybe just leave and be like, "Dude, I need my two because I'm ten miles from home." Yeah. <laughs> uh, on the other hand, though. In reality, we would all give that tube, and then we would all hope for the best. And then we would all congratulate ourselves on facing the adversity of dealing with not having a tube (laughs) after we got a flat later. Exactly. I mean, calling my wife to come pick me up, which I have done. (laughs) And she has graciously come pick me up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I guess the rule of thumb is uh, build build out a good pack. I mean, your, your bare minimums are... Uh, you know, an inflation device, a tool, a tire lever, uh, some, you know, some food for the ride, water for the ride, you know, those are your bare minimums. And then, uh, you know, share those experiences. When you see a buddy have a weird, obscure failure, you know, like he loses a cleat bolt. Hasn't happened to me. I've seen other people do it. Now I carry a cleat bolt. Exactly. I (laughs) think we were on the same ride where we, where that happened. It It could be. It was Jake Nelson on a, Jake Nelson lost a cleat bolt at it was at the top of West Horse Thief. It's a two and a half mile hike a bike. Oh yeah, that's right. And he gets to the top and he's like, he can't clip in and he turns his foot and he's like, crap. Yeah. You guys carry electrolyte tablets or anything? I yeah. used to. I don't anymore. You don't cramp up. You haven't cramped up. Well, in a what long I time. what I do now is on the longer rides, probably anything more than three hours, I'll um I'll pack, or in my water bottle that I put on the bike is a just straight table salt. Um, sometimes I put apple cider vinegar in it, uh, concentrated mix, uh, 28 ounces of it. That's good for your gut bacteria as well, they say. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. And, um, and I'll sip on that. So I'll sip a little bit of that throughout the ride, and I'll use my 100 ounces of water in my pack. See, I, I go I go a little bit more racer boy in mine. When I go on long rides, I, I do mix. Uh, I drink mix in my hydration bladder. Right. Sometimes I use scratch slabs. I'll add add salt to the amount right. based on the time that I'll right. be riding. Or sometimes I'll use a carbo rocket yeah. in my uh, hydration pack. It depends. The big the big question is it depends who I'm riding with and how, how much I have to get after it. If it's a fun, casual, leisurely ride, you know, I don't worry about it. But if it's a ride where it's like, these guys are going to run a serious pace and we need to get after it. Um, I'll basically fuel my camel back up. Like I'm like, I'm fueling for a endurance race. Mm, right. 
Yeah, and so that um, <clears throat> when riding becomes racing, <laughs> when riding becomes uh, racing, exactly. Uh, when does riding become racing? <laughs> well, I guess uh, any before we go on to that, any more? Um, I know we're missing tip? stuff. I feel like we're missing some important stuff, but I didn't bring notes on this. I, didn't I mean, on on some of these things. So, like on longer rides, so like we kind of we're kind of tangent on something here but on longer rides what i find is i actually do cramp up and i used to pack the the e-caps so electrolyte tabs um and what i realized and actually i learned this lesson from some of my iron man triathlete friends uh they would eat the the gel blocks the goose and they would take the e-caps but on some of these during really hot iron man long distance endurance races people were one of my buddies just completely collapsed and he goes that the first day, you know, the, the medical staff is looking over him and he's like, I've been eating and drinking like all the electrolyte, you know, like I would train. And they said, you're sodium deficient. So you're basically, you don't, you're, you're sodium deficient. So what I learned from that is I would take those e-caps, but I would still cramp on long rides. And so, that's where I started doing. It's basically I just put table salt in. Yep, I would I would say anybody who's worried about nutrition, listen to the Kelly Jennings podcast for sure, and and her rules of thumb for hourly goals. I definitely try to watch that. And for me, I know I'm a heavy sweater, and I yeah. go pretty heavy on the salt, and I gauge it on how many hours I'm going to be riding, and I I make yep. sure I get Very lots of so. sodium in there. Very much so. And that's obviously not your primary source of hydration, but it is something. Well, for you, if you do mix it in the 100-ounce bladder, then you can, um, you know, yep. prorate it accordingly. Do you guys eat salt outside of the ride, too, to, to replenish your salts? I mean, I try, I, after a long ride where I sweat a lot, I try to replenish my salts a little bit. Oh, yeah, definitely. There's There's been a couple of times, and, you know, the, the drink mix during the ride has a lot of, like, sugar in it and stuff because I'm, I'm keeping the fuel going. Um, I found after a long ride, if I'm sitting around at home and kind of relaxing afterwards, and I, I found personally, if I have a little bit of like a headache or something, I'll have one of those like electrolyte tabs, oh. like an Enduralyte or something like that, that right. doesn't have a ton of salt in it, but it just has, or I'm sorry, it just has the salt and the electrolytes. It doesn't have the sugar. Right. And I'll drink that. And sometimes my headache goes away. You know, it's almost like the salt balance is, I didn't quite get it right on the ride and I'm right. still a little off. It'll help kind of bring me back after a ride. Sometimes after a ride, a lot like that, I find an order of um, chili cheese fries with pastrami on top. <laughs> yeah, so I'll bring you right into balance. <laughs> oh man, yeah, we'll 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 fill you in on that long time story. So years ago, Ak and I went to a cross country race in Fontana, and uh, for some reason, we went to eat at this diner afterwards, and we all thought it was a good idea to get chili cheese fries with pastrami on top, and we all put that away. And by the, I think it was about a 45 minute ride back to the shop where we met. And I think you and one other guy it was yacked, me. yacked in the bathroom. I think it was, by the time we it got was back just to the me. Shop. Yeah. And that was a start of a series of a couple of yackings. Oh, man. <laughs> well, that was, that was your first cross country race ever, too. Was um, it your first like bona fide cross country race? It might have been. It might have been. It was pretty early. It was like your first, yeah, your second. Yeah. And I just and, didn't uh, know, you know, you, I think I was craving salt. And, Probably. And I was like, yeah, that sounds like it's going to fit the bill. 
Oh, <laughs> it <man>. fits something. <laughs> yeah. This was on top of, I think it was like a carne asada burrito. At least oh, it didn't geez. ruin your love for chili cheese fries. <laughs> That's the truth, because I will yeah. eat that for dinner. <laughs> I, I, I think the term we're looking for you after eating this dish was tore up from the floor up. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, you know. <laughs> so anyway, uh, but yeah, going back to, you know, what's in our packs, I guess I, I can give just a real quick rundown of like when when I raced in France and probably what I'm going to do this year as well as some things that I had in there is I had pads, I had knee pads, elbow pads that were being used for each of the downhill stages. I had rain gear. I had a waterproof jacket. I had waterproof pants. I was prepared for the rain to like be up on an Alpine Ridge and a rainstorm to blow in. So I was carrying that. I carried a small first aid kit. They actually assigned a, um, a, um, Oh, what do they call them? The spot tracker. They gave us a, a specific spot tracker just for the event. So we had that. Um, I had food. I had lots of electrolyte mix. Um, the one thing that I did for the race environment is I had a tool in a specific pocket that I could easily just get to the tool. Yeah, something rattled that's... loose. And I also had my flat kit stuff in a pocket that I could grab really quick. And I had the tube tied to my frame. So in, in that particular race, changing a flat quickly was a big deal. So uh, the CO2 was my first line of defense. I had a pump as a backup. And then as far as parts, um, you know, spare cables, um, uh, chain, you know, uh, quick links. Yeah, chain lube. We didn't mention that. That's a good one. Oh, yeah, I did. I, I kept a little a little bottle of chain lube in my pack all the time, a little, bo- a little packet of chamois butter. If, uh, you know, the day was getting long, I was kind of getting worn out because I had multiple days of riding for that case. Um, and then, uh, oh, on the specifically on the chain. So when you break a chain, normally you destroy a link and you have to blow that link out and put a quick link in. You'll be a link down. This is a good point. So what I actually had in my pack is I had a small run of the same kind of chain, so maybe three or four links. I just keep the extra from the chain when I cut a new chain down and I put it in my pack. For yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And in my case, I put a quick link on... I had two quick links yeah. on each end yeah, so I could break so. down that short piece and splice in the amount oh, that yeah. I lost in the break. Yeah. Um, one of the guys, so this was interesting. One of the guys in the race now, once again, this is more race environment, but it was, this was still to this day, the biggest freaking honking pack I've ever tried to (laughs) ride or race with. But, um, one of the guys broke his master link and then, um, lost his, uh, he pedaled. He was going downhill and then he lost his chain. And so he said, and he had to like run back and find his chain. And so he was like, next year I'm going to carry a whole chain cut to length ready to go. So if I break a chain, I'm just going to toss the chain and pull this new chain out of my pack. (laughs) Now, everybody at this race had, like I said, big monster packs full of shit. But um, in uh, anyway, that was an interesting point about the chain. But I would say for big rides, have two quick links. For the chain, and once again, for the chain that you have, yeah. you know, eleven speed or ten speed or whatever, and then have a small run of chain. But um, uh, because, like I said, you generally consume some of the chain, and then uh, you want you want the bike to function properly the, the rest of the ride. Um, so, but did you bring a mini mechanic like Maxwell? 
I, I did not have a mini mechanic. They they had the Mavic boys there. How many years do you think till a little robot could jump out of your pack and fix your bike? <laughs> like a little like three pound robot. My my guess is Honda is working on it. It's a it's the next generation of their little Probably awesome O robot. Two thousand and nineteen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, if it, if anybody's working on it, like Honda's working on it. Okay, so It'll what's what's the drive your car for you too? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so what's the etiquette um, when? Someone gets a mechanical and they're working on it. What's the etiquette before you step in and ask if they need help? Oh, that's a. That <laughs> is so, a, am I trying uh, to hurt their feelings? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I think it starts if you see them struggling. I've had this happen before. I saw someone trying to re reconnect a chain, and and this is kind of an old school dark art that a lot of people don't have anymore where it's where you actually break the chain and re and repress the link carefully so that you kind of can still finish the ride. Um, I, uh, I think that the careful phrasing of it is, do you mind if I take a try? I, I, I've had some luck with this before. Uh, (laughs) Oh, that's great. Great phrasing. Yeah. Yeah. Be- a lot better than like step aside, bitch. <laughs> Dude, we need to finish the ride. Come on, seriously, <laughs> out of the way. Um, so anyway, there's tactful ways. Um, uh, You've shown your incompetence. <laughs> I or I, I think uh, it, as uh, as my grandfather used to tell me when he'd see me struggling with something. Uh, may I make a suggestion? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Oh, that that is great. That uh, is so great. there's tactful ways, tactful ways of doing it for sure. Man, I think we could keep on talking about stuff that we that we bring in our pack as well, but um that's that's definitely some some good good content. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Let's talk about some of the crazier things we've heard about people having in their packs. Like bear spray and like <laughs> bowie knives and yeah, guns yeah, so and Fergus swords. And, I think Fergus for a while actually carried a, a bowie knife on um on his strap. Yeah, he could like fight a Cajun right there. At upside, <laughs> and it was upside down, right? He had it with yeah, the, with the mean, thong on it to, to hold it in, and then it was upside down. Yeah. Because when you're... When, cause Fergus when you is need, ready. When you need to get at it, you don't want to be having to pull it out from the top, right? You know, right. I, I haven't... I <laughs> well, also, odd... it doesn't pull out and put you... If you pull down, then you're in the position to start gutting someone right away. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you <that>. know? <laughs> I, I got to say, I oddly have a, a high number of friends that carry some kind of knife on their shoulder strap of their pack. And I kind of shake my head. I'm like, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> in what situation are you going to fend off an attack? I, Good luck to you. But at least Fergus, he brought it. It was not a folding blade. It was a fixed blade. Yes, yeah, <laughs> upside yeah. down on his. If you're gonna do it, I I guess do it, <laughs> do it right. Do it right. Um, so one of the things I see you um, carry along on your pack, and this is not an odd thing to carry, but sometimes I see you bring like um you'll you'll put a, a, a headband, not a headband, but a handkerchief. Oh yeah, I used to do this a lot. I'd have like a like a bandana because I I sweat pretty heavily and it's kind of nice. I'll I'll tie it to the shoulder strap and just let it hang down. You can kind of wipe your face or whatever. You There's need a to mountain do. bike gang in our area that does that. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly, yeah. I uh I got that that tip from uh from a fairly senior mountain biker and it's it 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 depends on the ride but uh it's it's nice to have um and you can wipe your glasses and stuff like that they better not figure out who they are senior (laughs) senior (laughs) 
veteran, veteran mountain veteran, biker. right? Veteran rider, <laughs> gangster, gangster. Yeah, exactly. No, that that's uh, it's kind of handy um to have, and it's just those simple cotton bandanas. You can get them at you know REI's. Actually what color would you suggest? Camouflage. <laughs> Whatever, whatever matches your ensemble for the day. Ah, of course, blue or red. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a, it's handy to have, and uh, um, like I said, good for you know wiping sweat out and and cleaning your glasses, stuff like that. Right. Um, so that's oh, that's one thing I'll keep. Um, even if I don't hang it from the pack strap, I will keep quite it often keep a bandana. Yeah, in, something in to wipe your glasses. Wipe your glasses or same thing. You know, a bandana can get really handy for medical emergencies. or. Yeah. And or in whatever. the winter, sometimes I ride with some um, cool weather gloves, some lightweight cool weather uh, gloves. And, a, oh, and, a, and yeah. And like a little head cap beanie yep. thing. Yeah, like definitely. Beanie Mul- under, under the helmet. Multiple, especially around here, we have a lot of rides with big climbs and big descents. Multiple gloves. I have dry gloves for the downhill. Really nice to have. And sometimes, sometimes folks around here, or I've seen people, will strap a a baseball cap. And the weirdest thing yeah. I think I ever had in my pack is one year I did a, a um, an underground ride with a ton of hike a bike, and I packed my Vibram five fingers. Oh, I remember Ooh. that, and they really paid off. Interesting. So you basically had like the, the two minutes. I mean, at the bottom of like the longer, like thirty forty minute hike a bikes, I switched into them. Because ah, I really don't like doing long hike of bikes in my cycling shoes. I've not- I, I've done that before. I've packed uh, like for exploratory hike a bike rides before, where it's going to be or like the whole climb is going to be some hike a bike. Um, I've I've packed hiking shoes and those really before. awkward dorky monkey feet shoes. I can I can walk in them all day. So for me, that's like having hiking boots. Almost. Yeah. So if yeah. you're if you're a minimalist um, runner or you know barefooted runner. Those shoes pack down so dang small. Yeah, and yeah, that's that's actually that's a, that's a good one. And if you have an acre supply uh, pack, the roll top, you could roll your handkerchief in in the roll top itself. Ah, yes, that's right, so that's right. That works, works out well. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, that's <laughs> we spent a good chunk of the show <laughs> sharing what goes in our packs. But uh, I told you guys this was going to take this a long could, time. Yeah. It was going to take a while. We didn't yeah. even get into anything illicit. Uh, that's right. <laughs> I also hear that, like Josh Jaco, he he probably carries five different modes of fixing flats. Uh, yeah, I know. I know he double packs tubes, even on relatively short rides. He'll have two tubes, some sort of sewing. Oh yeah, that's right. So that's a. Um, I have not added this to my pack, but some guys carry a small, simple sewing kit with some like fishing line or something. Right. And I've heard I have, or no, a floss, dental floss, and a and a needle, and you might be able to stitch up a torn, a really torn sidewall on a tire. Maybe Garrett could have used that last week or a couple weeks back on Pinos yeah. with a sliced sidewall. And you could come over and hem my pants for me <laughs> with dental floss, dental floss, and a simple sewing needle. Yep. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so, oh man, that's awesome. I love that topic. We could keep on going. Uh, we we could. Is that your guilt? I, I mean, Maxwell carries a folding saw. Oh, he d- well, he likes to do his in part case of he trail. encounters a fallen tree on the trail, and he does right. quite often. And that is not something that he just puts into go no, to trail. He is not a poser. No, yeah. this is a man who travels with a folding saw in his pack for and every ride. Stops 
and saws fallen trees if he finds and he gets excited if he sees one. He does. Yeah. He does. That's right. Take takes pictures of them. So some people, you know, camelbacks and, and hydration packs are a guilty pleasure. Uh yes, this is true. I have quite a few quite a few varieties to, to pick from. Oh, you know what we didn't talk about? I like to have a twenty dollar bill in there. That's a good yes. A yes. twenty dollar bill to to um, line my tire if I get a torn sidewall. A twenty, even. <laughs> no, well, I mean it's good. For, it's good. It's good for that, but it's also good for if you happen to find like the ultimate like burrito stand on that the side really of the road. The or yeah. Well, I, we I I did a ride in the San Gabes at one point, and uh, we we climbed and climbed and climbed, and we climbed up into the clouds, and it was raining, it was cold. And we got to the top of Mount Wilson. At the top of Mount Wilson, there's what they call the Cosmic Cafe, and it was open. And they had bowls of hot chili and hot oh, coffee and oh stuff. Man, if good. I didn't have any money, I would have been begging people for money. Yeah. I, every once in a while, I, I like forget to go to the bank, and I have to pull my twenty out of my hydration pack, <laughs> and then I and then I have to put a note on my uh, on my action item list, you know, like put twenty back. twenty back in a hydration pack. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, because that actually had happened. I was on a road ride, and we were doing. It was the last. Uh, we, we redid the last stage of tour to California up in um, kind of the Baldy area, Mount Baldy area, and about halfway through, you know. We're 50 miles into it, you know, 5,000 feet of climbing into it and getting hungry. And my buddy and I roll up on this little, like, burger, burger, it was a Mexican food burger joint. And we could barely scrape together enough between the two of us for a cheeseburger. (laughs) Tragic. (laughs) And so the lady was like, you just want one cheeseburger? <laughs> That's all we have money for, ma'am. <laughs> With our, you know, yeah. high, very expensive road bike sitting next to us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was comic. So the $20 bill, that's awesome. So mountain money. Yeah. Oh, yeah, good call, toilet paper. Oh, my gosh, toilet paper. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Yeah, I mean, toilet paper is often referred to in some communities as mountain money. It, and it really is. Um, and it and it serves multiple purposes. So you, you know, roll up enough of that, uh, and it can serve first aid purposes as well. Yeah, definitely. So, that combined with tape. Yeah, um, but definitely I've used that many times. Yes. <laughs> it, it, it happens to the best of us. You guys remember last week when we were talking about bike checks and stuff? Mm-hmm. I forgot one of the things. I forgot to mention one of the things I do. Mm-hmm. All right. I do a bounce test. So I bounce, I bounce the rear wheel and I bounce the front wheel. And it, it's, really, it's a really good test for identifying anything from like a loose collar on the valve stem to a loose bolt anywhere on the bike. Um, if there's any sort of vibration or buzzing, you know, it's a sign that there's something to track down. could be a loose bottom bracket, loose headset, loose anything. So addendum to last week's content. I love addendums and, 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 you know, follow-ups and, <laughs> and take backs and do over, do overs, do overs. Don't forget the bounce. Apologies. Test. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That bounce check, like listening to the normal sounds of of your bike. I mean, it's especially good on a road bike, but it, it, I mean, on a road bike, really, like you can. There's a road bike that's tight and right, and it passes the bounce test, and right. one that isn't doesn't. Yeah. But yeah. a mountain bike too. 
Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, so... Um, <laughs> well, we almost built the whole show with what's in our pack. We probably still keep talking about it. Oh, and, man, I know I forgot a lot. Uh, anything else you guys want to throw into the pack? I guess one thing specifically, the pump that I pick, I tried to oh, get dang. the uh, little mini pumps that... I think uh, Topeak for sure has this. There might be some other brands. Topeak has one with a little hose on it, and it makes pumping up your tire a little bit yeah. easier if you're going to use it. Lazine. Lazine does one too. Lazine yeah. when the hose is stored inside the pack or inside yeah. the pump. Yeah. And and those Lazine pumps pump a lot of air per, the per high volume. Per stroke. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> oh, Nathan. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm a convert to the Lazine. Lazine pumps with the uh, hose that's stored in. Yeah. Who who hasn't had a buddy changing a flat on the side of the trail as he's furiously pumping up his tube and looked over and go, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> it's always, it always that puts a, you in a questionable. There's some, there's some what pretty, is that, a pencil? <laughs> there's some pretty bad <laughs> hand pumps out there. <laughs> yeah. and, okay, so the one that I used to carry, and and I still have one in my truck, it's a hand pump with that converts into a foot pump. Uh the Topeak Mountain Morph. Oh my gosh, I love that thing. Yeah, that's that's but the it's one that huge. Well, see, there's a big one that yeah. has a gauge and everything. Yep, yep. And, oh yeah, uh, the Topeak Morph. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> but there's there's different... the Morph, the Mini Morph, and the Mountain Morph. Yes, the mi- the Mini Morph <laughs> is my weapon of choice. Uh, yes. The Mini Morph. So the Mini Morph. <laughs> Man, I can't tell you how often like the little. <laughs> um. Man, when you to be able to flip that little foot lever down um and pump away, push on the ground. Yep, yep, it's 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 amazing. And it puts you in a less questionable position <laughs> while pumping. Man, we're really beating around the bush here. <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. But hey. the again, those lit design pumps um I have I've man, converted from my mountain morphs uh, pumps. I now carry probably I probably have three or four of those Lazine pumps uh, in my packs. Yeah, some people carry a shock pump in their pack. I do when I'm tuning. A I lot do. Of the time. I definitely do with new bikes a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. 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 I I mean I don't want to have to carry one the whole time, but um, it's uh, when I'm tuning in a bike, especially you know the first probably the first month or so I have a bike and I'm getting the pressures really dialed in. I'll I'll keep a shock pump with me. Um, sometimes even on the fanny pack rides, you know, the shock pumps going cause I'll, I'll stop and, and do some, do some tuning. When we went and did the 24 hours of old Pueblo, we all had like hair picks in our pack to pick off the Choya cactus. Yeah. Ooh. You know, I was going to bring that up for desert riding and I did this way more for motorcycle riding cause I spent a lot of time in the desert. I kept a comb, um, in very, very close accessible position. And that was after getting a ball of choya on me and I had to dig through my pack, get my Leatherman out and use the pliers to get the thing it's off my It's a great arm. excuse for a person without um, kinky hair to own a hair pick. <laughs> a hair <too>. pick. <laughs> the coolness factor. <laughs> and, and for those of you that maybe don't live in the desert environment, you know, uh, basically use the comb to get between you and the cactus ball and then you can pull the cactus ball out of your arm because the the instinctual thing, you get a Choya cactus <laughs> oh, ball man, and you, you grab, grab it. it with your other hand to try to pull it out. 
but the thing's got spikes all the way around it and then you get it stuck in your hand and then you grab it with it's just like it can degrade <laughs> so quickly so you train yourself don't touch it get the comb <laughs> and then you can pry it off of yourself but yeah, i, I had one stuck in my leg pretty good at one point and it's it is not fun some people put sunscreen in their packs oh yeah yep i try to do that there's a i've seen these before and you'd probably have to find dig around and I don't know. Maybe you can find them somewhere, but a uh, little single serving um, sunblock packs are kind of. I nice. put zip ties in my packs. A lot zip, of the time, yeah, I have that's zip a good ties. one. Zip ties and duct tape. Yeah, the duct tape or the gorilla, the gorilla tape that can double serve double duty. Yeah, I think tape duct or, tape's done. Duct tape's like voicemails. Man, the gorilla, <laughs> gorilla tape is it's amazing. Yeah, and the cool thing is, uh, gorilla has a packages it, and you can get it at hardware stores. It's probably everywhere. Um, the gorilla tape that is uh, 25 millimeters wide. So it's a much more usable width. Right, right. And it comes in little rolls that are maybe two inches in diameter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when I was at Transparence, I had a couple of those in my pack. And when I used up the gorilla tape on one stage, I had to give it to another rider. I just threw the whole little mini roll in my pack. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. So this, on a sunblock note, so... I've found that um, I don't have to bring extra sunblock because I use the Target Kids sunblock. Zinc-based? It's, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's zinc-based, but it's the most amazingly thick sunblock. That it's probably, If it's thick, it's zinc-based. It will not wash off. Yep. And you put that on one time, it'll last all day. Yeah, it doesn't sweat off and what have you. It's It's awesome. Yeah. It's, but it's definitely nice to have a little bit of extra sunblock. That's true. You know, if you're out and a ride ends up going an hour and a half longer because of mechanicals or slower right. people or whatever, you're just like outside longer than you planned on being. A little extra sunblock can make you a little more tolerable. Yeah, that's true. Very much so. So. Back when I had a single speed, I just carried like a 15 millimeter open end wrench. Oh, yeah. You can hit people with that too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for those single speeders out there. Sometimes we have that conversation in the shop, like, hey, if someone came in right now and tried to rob the shop, which tool would you grab to hit them with? <laughs> chain whip. Every time, chain whip. It's medieval. <laughs> the chain whip's pretty bad. Yeah, I like the pedal wrench. The pedal wrench or the uh, derailleur hanger alignment gauge? Yeah, the, the alignment gauge would probably do more damage, but I feel like the pedal wrench, I could maybe get two hits in the time that you'd get one with the derailleur hanger alignment gauge. <laughs> <laughs> what about the headset press? Yeah, no, that's that's like you want, that's like your, 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 your like, that, that you only get one shot with that. It's a battle like, axe. Yeah, that <laughs> kind of is like a. <laughs> that's your fullback or or your nose tackle or whatever. Like, <laughs> Ian, grab the headset. <laughs> Ian works at the shop. He's he's um he he he's an ex marine and he's like six four two two whatever and he's big and strong and his like his calves are the size of my quads. Yeah, yeah, very much so. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, he should he should lead the charge with the headset press. <laughs> Ian with the headset press leading the charge. With with minions of pedal wrenches and chain whips all falling in, like William Wallace style like leading the charge. Oh, but then some days you think you just grab because we we always have some like a uh, razor blades, you know? 
lying around. Some days yeah. you just think, maybe just grab a razor blade. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow I'm envisioning the, the fight from Anchorman. <laughs> I always think of, wasn't it the Gangs of New York or whatever? And oh, they had yeah. like the butcher and yeah. like, <laughs> there's the bike shop guys yeah. come so, running out. So warriors, you, warriors, warriors, remember? Warriors. <laughs> and he clinks the three bottles together on his fingers. <laughs> right. <laughs> Baseball bats with nails in them. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I guess what we're trying to tell you is feel free to come and visit the Path Bike Shop at any time. <laughs> Don't even think about taking anything under any circumstance because you will be bludgeoned by the staff with various bike shop tools. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we have excellent security. We're very at the nice Path people. <laughs> We've never had to resort to that, though, right? Um, well, let's actually. Just say that. People, not all people are nice. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Oh man, that's great. So, so what's in your pack, guys? <laughs> well, I think we, <laughs> I think we filled the whole show with that one. We'd, we'd love to hear from listeners and what's in their pack. Oh, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Re- yeah, remember you can always send us. Send Don't us tell questions. us about your personal life. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. So we had a listener. We had a listener that took exception to my one finger breaking. Oh yeah, we can. We can. I mean, I don't need to get too into it, but I just need to tell that listener. I know. I'm sure you're super fast. (laughs) (laughs) And his name wasn't Josh from Orange. (laughs) No, I mean, and I, I I wasn't trying to say that you can't be super fast and be a middle finger breaker. I was just trying to say, um. One finger breaking is better. <laughs> okay, so so here's a a retraction or an apology. So I was kind of saying like, hey, if you if you're um, if you got your brake lever scooched way out, um, you don't think about scooching them in inwards, mm-hmm. but that really has a lot to do with with the size of your hands, the the meatiness of your hands. Well, and maybe the angle that your forefinger comes out at. There's a lot. There's of stuff. a lot to do with it. So the width of your hands. So the the key on that is really the the one finger breaking, uh, index finger breaking. And <laughs> after that, after this past week on all my rides, I've been noticing, and I haven't gotten around to it. I actually need to move my brake levers out a little bit, back ah. towards the grips. Back towards the grips. Yeah. The tech. The technical term is scooch. Scooch. So it's a really, it's a really fine <laughs> just a scooch because I need to scooch. Scooch a scooch. You move scooch. them too far out, and they're going to touch your middle finger. They are. Yeah, but I think I've got them too far in because again, we talked about uh, this is on my fifty ten. It's it's a newer bike uh, for me, and I really like to ride with part of my pinky um, hanging off the edge of the bar. Yep. And with with my current brake lever position, um, in order to get the the finger posi- my my finger placement on the levers, I need to ride with my hands farther in than I'm comfortable with. And I, in my mind, as I'm riding, I can that it comes to mind. It's like my hands are too far in; they're not in their natural position. So Nathan has his levers almost touching the clamps of his grips. I think. Uh, for me, yeah. When I run Shimano brakes, I they're almost and touching the clamps. Eric's levers are maybe a quarter of an inch from his grips. I think. They're, yeah, that's where they should be, and they're a little bit farther in right now. And the right now, my levers but, are almost an inch in. But you and, guys both have guide brakes. That's true. Yeah, but all, all those are. I, I don't think guide levers are that far off from the Shimanos. When mm. when I ran, I had guide brakes on my bike before I I 
switched to Shimano brakes. I had some issues with my guide brakes, so I need to get them warrantied. So I have Shimano brakes on them right now. But when I had the guide brakes in, they there was a gap. So you okay, ran them so a little the, bit further the guides in. need to be in more than Shimano's. That makes sense. You yeah. scooched, scooched them. In. I scooched them a scooch. Stem, board, stem bound. <laughs> right. Yeah, and that's actually very interesting. I've been... But but all of us run our our hands hanging off the edge, and all of us, all of us, our fingers and brake levers have a fairly similar relationship, I think, and it's because we have different shaped hands. That's so you just have to yeah. fit to yourself, right? Right. Yep. Nathan has Probably very skinny sli- hands, slender, skinny hands. Yep. I have I have like a chunk of fat hanging off the outside of my hand that's like as thick as one or two of Nathan's fingers. <laughs> it is meaty. Meaty, and I'm kind That's of right. muscle actually. Muscle. <laughs> I think I'm right in the middle. I think I'm right in the middle of you two. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, that's that's kind of my my uh, I don't know if it's a correction, retraction, apology, whatever. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to scooch scooch my brakes out of scotch. Scooch a scotch. Yeah. So, so we talked about uh, my turkey. Yeah, we got the turkey, and we. What's in your pack? What's in the pack? Uh, retraction. My retraction. Yeah. Man, um, I don't know. I don't know where we're at, but I, I gotta say, guys, uh, thank you for today's ride. Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a fun Saturday afternoon. It was we'll call this the Oprah ride because everybody got a fifty ten. <laughs> 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 we we started the ride and realized we were all riding Santa Cruz fifty tens. I I'm the only one with the old one, but you guys have the two new ones. Well, it was but, perfect. Yeah. It rained yesterday. The sun was was kind of. At a really nice angle, yeah. light, and there were a lot of great. Just the scenery was great. Yeah. The air was clean. A few clouds in the sky. Yeah, and the luge is a fun trail, and and uh, these guys were, these guys were keeping the pace up and keeping it fun and talking and. Yeah, it was classic, it was, classic stuff. Yeah, definitely. Well, with uh, with that, you guys want to wrap it up? Are there any other things we want to talk about tonight? I think that's a good show. Come to our big sale and hang out. Have yeah, a, for have sure. A burger. March, We're going to grill some burgers. March 19th. Uh, that's next week. Or March 19th and 20th. Again, uh, it's a community event. If uh, you happen to bring a beer and crack it, no one will give you any trouble. Yep. yep. <laughs> nope. Especially if not. you share. You could probably <laughs> even find a koozie to put that in. Maybe. Yep. Yeah. You should actually put it in a cup. We might give you a cup. A cup or koozie or <laughs> something. Or a glove. <laughs> <laughs> I never said any of that. No one's listening, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. Well, uh, same reminder as always. Um, thank you for listening. And if you would like to um, send us questions that we can answer in future shows, email sales at thepathbikeshop.com and we will add them to our list and get, get to them and uh, use them for topics of discussion. Um, and if you want to throw any pictures or share any pictures with us, um, Instagram hashtag, uh, the path podcast. And, uh, also don't, don't forget to sign up for the path newsletter through the web, uh, the website. We talked about that last week. And thanks to those of you who did sign up and we haven't launched the special stuff that we talked about yet. And it's coming. It's not too late to sign up. Yeah, so so stay tuned and uh, yeah, once again, thanks for listening. Fantastic. And a good night to you, gentlemen. Good night. Good night.